All right, the WHL trade deadline passed this afternoon. It was not a quiet one. It was, uh, there were some major, major stories and a lot of them surrounding Edmonton area kids or your Edmonton Oil Kings. Well, I guess this trade we're going to talk about concerns both Edmonton kids and the Oil Kings. Kurt Hill is here. He's the GM of the Oil Kings. Nice to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's good to talk to you. So Dylan Gunther was traded today. I'll just give everybody the trade here. Dylan Gunther, Jordan Ramsey, and an eighth rounder go to the Thunderbirds. The Oil Kings get 2007-born forward Koji Gibson, a fourth rounder in 2024, and then six conditional picks, including a first rounder in 2026. That's the summary without giving all the years. So can you explain the conditions on this on these picks? Yeah, the condition part's pretty... Uh pretty simple it's if uh, Dylan Gunther's returned to to the to junior hockey to the Western Hockey League this year that all those picks would be our property at that point okay so he's been playing with Arizona the whole year well except for the, except, yeah. <laughs> except for the world juniors so well I guess maybe this is more of a question for Seattle if I ever get to talk to, to, talk to them but they're clearly willing to invest that if if he comes back but I, I mean I'm looking at this like I don't know is he going to go back at this because they have to send him back before March 3rd right Correct. Yeah, the deadline would be the NHL trade deadline. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, how long were you working on this deal with Seattle? I would say that this. I started work. Let's put it this way: since the end of the World Juniors, Arizona had pretty much given me the idea that there was more of a possibility that he potentially could be sent back. So, not a hundred percent possibility, but that like before the World Juniors, it was like it's probably a long shot because I, I talked to them. I'm like, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything because if for some reason you guys decide to send them back, um, clearly we've what we with what we've done with our team here. I mean, we're probably not the place for him to come back to right now for obvious reasons. So, um, you know, once the World Juniors were over, I don't think they wanted that to be a distraction and. They had a little bit more time to, I think, think about it. And it said, they said, you know what? There's a possibility. It's something we might consider. So if you get the opportunity to move him to a team where he's going to play longer and could go to a contending team if we decide to go back, they'd like me to do that. So then I started exploring that the deal more recently here with some of the teams that are contenders in our league. Okay. So you mentioned some of the teams. That was my next question. A, a fair assumption that there were... I don't know if you want to give a number, but several teams interested in having Gunther's rights. Yeah, you know, I think, again, this is a conditional deal where um, teams were going to go do their due diligence with other other deals that were the sure thing first, right. which you knew. Like, you knew that was going to happen. They're not going to take the chance on this if it's not 100%. Uh, well, then they can go get the 100% thing. So I almost needed those to kind of hash themselves out first. And then once... Uh, once we got through that process, it was, you know, there were still five teams in the mix that wanted him, and I was dealing with those teams over the last 36 hours here. Okay, so so fair to say the Zellweger deal, the Ostapchek deal, I mean, maybe to a lesser extent, even the Doc deal that involved multiple draft picks, what, what effect did that have then on the market or the ask for Dylan Gunther? Well, it's certainly, again, at the end of the day, if Dylan Gunther was coming back before the 10 game mark, um, we would have got a lot more for him. Like, if it was a 100% sure thing that he was coming back, we would have got more. But the reality is that, uh, you know, Arizona's not 100% sure yet. Um, there's a there's a possibility. It's not a sure possibility, but in, 
this deal. I think, uh, you know, we get a pick up front. We get a, a prospect we really like up front. And you get the possibility to add six more picks if it's eventually the direction that Arizona wants to go. Okay. Um, how many years now you've been the GM here? It's been of a blur for me. Yeah, it's my fifth year. Fifth year. Okay, yeah. I was thinking five or six. Yeah. Have you ever seen a deadline like this? Because I've talked to a few people around the league. They've seen some pretty big moves. They, nobody has told me they have seen the quantity of picks moved, whether conditionally or moved for sure. Well, I mean, I, before I was here, I was with Chicago for a year and with the worked at the league office for four years. So right. certain, certainly I haven't seen right. this quantity. I think obviously the year when Regina hosted the Memorial Cup, there was a lot of, I would say it was a similar deadline to this. There was so many teams loading up that... Um, I don't think the quantity of picks was moved, but I think there was a lot more quality young players at the time that could be moved that were moved. Since then, the rules have changed a little bit. So now, with having absolutely no chance of trading a 16-year-old, um, you're a little bit hand-tied, where now it's the ante on picks becomes a lot higher. And um, yeah, to, to say that the, you know, I was looking at the, the Kamloops and Everett deal the other day and what Kamloops gave up for those two players I mean it's more than we we gave up for Gooley, Sertif and Prokop combined last year so it's a pretty that was a pretty big move so let me ask you this and I'll, I'll apologize in advance I know sometimes I get ahead of myself with my questions but as the GM of Western Hockey League team though is, is there any part of your brain that I don't know if concerned is the right word but are you thinking like Oh, man, is this where we're headed? Where teams are going to say, well, last year they traded 10 draft picks. This year you better trade me 12 or 14 for this player. <laughs> oh, I think there's going to come a point where it's going to – it's just going to mark it out. Like, I don't even okay. think teams are going to have enough arsenal to be able to continue <laughs> to, point. to trade more. I mean, I guess the only teams now are – I mean, Vancouver's got seven first-round picks now, so I guess they could step up. They have play. seven now. Oh, that's that's almost a third the of them. Yeah, they got seven oh, not over in the next one. four oh, years. Next four years, okay. Yeah. So not all in one year. But so I mean, but I still, mean, if those yeah. teams really want to go take swings next year because they think they got a chance. I guess it could continue to trend that way. But um, yeah, it was an interesting deadline. I'm sure one of the things that comes with that is just the fact that Kamloops is hosting the Memorial Cup, and it's just the year that there happens to be a lot of really good teams. Like I don't know, last year teams, not as many teams loaded up, and I don't know if maybe us getting to it early and making that Gooley and Pro Cup deal early maybe told teams, hey, we're out on this. Like this, we'll do a couple tinkering moves, but Edmonton's really, really got a team that they think's going to be able to have the chance to win, and then everybody else, it didn't seem like it got that aggressive last year, but this year it just seemed like everybody, there's five or six teams that I think have a legitimate chance to win. All right. The way I interpret that as well is that you, you are politely telling me I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself, that each year might have its own vibe. So I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's probably real concern with some guys around the league, and then you might have – I'm sure it's probably a, uh, one of those things that's probably split three ways. Right. There's probably seven guys that are like, well, this is what it is nowadays. This is the new age. And then there's seven guys that are like, well, we'll see what happens. And there's seven that are like, this is crazy. All right, uh, just a couple quick ones on your current team. I, I interviewed Logan Cunningham last night. I believe he's going to go again tonight, the young goaltender. Tell me about acquiring this guy and your uh, how he projects. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we obviously were in a situation where we needed to find a young goaltender with uh, Alex Worthington just uh, taking, a, taking a leave of absence from the game right now. So, um, you know, 
we have a, a strong relationship with NAX. Obviously, we have a scout that works at that academy, and they're right here in Edmonton. And uh, we've had a lot of players play there, and he's a guy that played at that academy. So, um, you know, they had nothing good, but good to say about the person, the work ethic, the coachability, teachability. So, uh, you know, when you get into a goaltender market, you only have so many options. It's There's only so many in the league, and, uh, you know, he was a guy that was available, and he checked a lot of boxes for us. So I think, uh, you know, here early on, he's played well, and, you know, we are hoping that he could, could project to be a, a guy here in the future. And, look, we last well, last three or four years, you guys were exceptional. We knew what this year was going to be tough. Despite the record, are you, are you, do you see positive things? Do you see some building blocks in place? Do you see a f- your future with a lot of this group? I certainly do. You know, the last three games, I think we've played uh, played really good hockey. The guys have been together a little bit more. And even that's <laughs> we're saying that, too. We're actually we were pretty banged up. And going into Lethbridge, we had five 16-year-olds playing and 10 forwards dressed in 6D, and you find a way to win the game. So uh, that was a big gutsy, and gutsy effort showed a lot about the character in the room. But... When you see young guys like Hodnett playing the way he is and Ethan McKenzie, I mean, there's lots of positives to look forward to. I like some of those 04s we brought in with some of the moves here this year. They're, uh, I see them starting to gel a little bit more. And, um, you know, that's one of the things with making as many moves as we had. It didn't. It's never really got in consistency in our lineup. And now I'm starting to see the same guys play together a little more and some of that consistency is starting to, starting to make games a little tighter. Curtis, great to see you. Thanks for dropping by and, and filling us in on the Gunther trade and and, uh, and the, a very uh, very newsworthy WHL trade deadline. It's great to see you. Thanks, Reed. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.